This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In This League presents the NFL Draft Prospect Podcast. You like that? You like that? In This War Room. Hug it. Chug it. Football. Here's your host, Scott Bogman. Welcome back, everybody. It's another episode of the In This League War Room. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. Follow me on the Twitter at Bogman Sports. I'm joined with CK, my guy, C-O-P-I-E-P-S, on the Twitter machine for CK. And today we're going to be talking wide receivers and tight ends for this draft class and another deep class of wide receivers. I would say, you know, probably not as good as the last couple years, but there are a ton of good ones. And uh, tight ends, top-heavy you know, as it tends to be, it's either nothing or top heavy because tight ends take so long to develop in the NFL. But CK, let's just start with the performance uh, in, uh, first of all, the bowl games the last week have been unbelievable, but the playoff games on Saturday were insane. And, you know, we had talked about this off air last week that the, you know, kind of the line on CJ Stroud, because I had heard some people talking, you know, it seemed like Young was still number one, but people really liked the upside of Levis and Richardson, and Stroud was kind of moving down the last month, but he almost single-handedly put Ohio State in the national championship game. He was unbelievable, scrambled for more yards than he ever has in his career, and kind of solidified his spot at that number two spot, don't you think? If anything, he, he climbed up, got closer to Bryce Young. Now, Bryce Young looked incredible, too, in his game. Bryce Young yeah. not in one of those playoff games, but was one more one more interception than one touchdown than touchdowns he had. So that's a good good game for Bryce Young. But, yeah, C.J. Stroud, that's what we wanted to see. Could he avoid pressure? Could he make throws with guys in his face? The first half, that one play, Jalen Carter comes right up the gut. He Ooh. slides to his right and finds Marvin touchdown. Harrison. Marvin Harrison in the back of the end zone. That That is it. And then even at the end, after Marvin Harrison got injured on the weird – sort of targeting that wasn't called targeting play. CJ Stroud is he's making plays with his feet. We just haven't seen that. He has 136 career rushing yards and he had 34 in this game. So that tells you <laughs> where we've never seen him do that. 
And if he's going to offer that, even if it's just him not being a statue in the pocket, right. he doesn't have to pick up huge yards, but moving within the pocket is that's huge for him. I think it solidifies him top five to me overall. Yeah. And, and for those of you that, that don't uh, know this sacks are counted as negative rushing yards for quarterbacks uh, at the collegiate level. So that, you know, 136 total uh, rushing yards includes every time he gets sacked. So, um, you know, the total would be much higher. I remember Joe Burrow coming out like his actual total. If you counted the didn't count the sack yards would have been like 700 rushing yards. And people just didn't realize he had that kind of upside where it's not. He's never going to be a run first guy. He's just not that guy. But, you know, like when Dwayne Haskins was coming out, that guy never ran ever like negative rushing yards, I believe, in his collegiate career. You know, and this is Ohio State, different quarterbacks, of course, same type of system uh, still with Ryan Day because, you know, he was under Urban Meyer and Urban Meyer had been there for a while. So, um, you know, very, very just a solidifying game for him on the national stage, which absolutely puts him uh, solidifies him as that, you know, I thought he was maybe sliding his way towards number four because we're going to see Richardson and. Uh, Levis in the process here, and they are both going to just dwarf him athletically. And, you know, when we, you don't see games and that's all you see for months and months, uh, evaluators and people in front offices start to drool about that and stuff. But um, before we get to the wide receivers and tight end CK, a lot more guys declared. Do we know when the declaration deadline is for players to, to declare? Because it's always around the 15th i believe it's usually, yeah, it's usually somewhere in the neighborhood my, january 16th that? this year 16th. January 16th okay. this year yeah it's usually around the middle of january that they set it so we got another week and a half roughly exactly so we're gonna have more names but we got a big batch after uh you know everything but the national championship has been played now so uh let's go through some of the names that declared this week so Rashad Torrance is a corner for Florida he's probably a day two guy Zach Evans we covered last week that's the running back for Ole Miss A.T. Perry, I mentioned in, during the bowl game, the big, tall wide receiver from Wake Forest really knows how to use his body, kind of boxes guys out. Brandon Joseph, he did not play in the bowl game. He's been injured for a while. He transferred to Notre Dame as a safety, wanted to try to fill that Kyle Hamilton role. Wasn't Kyle Hamilton, probably a day two guy. Brian Brissy, he's a big one. We're going to talk defensive players next week. He's a top 10 overall possibility. We'll come back to that one. A uh, couple running backs here <laughs> that we talked about last week. Deuce Vaughn. Did declare he had another incredible, specifically I, one amazing run. God, just, and he got banged up and came back in. And you and I were both like, what play. are you doing? Come yes. on. I didn't want him to play in that game, but I'm glad he did because he was so much fun to watch. Speaking of fun to watch, how about Tajay Spears Ooh. tearing apart USC's defense from Tulane with a big win over USC? What an awesome that was game. Enormous. Yeah, that was that was such a great game, too. And that kind of. Uh, I mean, that was uh, almost a, a tone setter of that day. So yeah. a fun game for sure. But he he displayed everything I said, right? Like the electric. I mean, he I think the he had speed. 17 carries and he went for like over 200 yards. It's awesome against now USC's defense is not very good. We're going to talk about one of their very few good <laughs> defenders, but it was still good to see. Lucas Van Ness, I haven't watched a lot of. I know that there's some people that are huge on Lucas Van Ness as an edge player. I got to watch him before we do defense next week. We officially heard that Bryce Young was going to the NFL. That was not surprising. Will Anderson, he, we'll talk about him next week. Jordan Battle is a safety for Alabama. Brian Branch is a safety for Alabama. Eli Ricks is a cornerback for Alabama. Very good players, <laughs> all of them. Jamie Robinson, we mentioned he had an awesome, 
he had a great bowl game. I think he had 12 tackles in that game, a few for losses, the safety from Florida State. Jonathan Mingo was a wide receiver from Ole Miss. We will not cover him today. I, I'm okay with Jonathan Mingo, but I, I don't think he's probably more than a day three guy. And then Tuli, Tui Pulo, Polotu, I'm going to mess it up, led the <laughs> nation in sacks this year as a defensive tackle for USC. And then the one I decided to come back to, because we didn't cover him last week. I didn't think he'd come out for the NFL draft. He's good, but that's Keaton Mitchell, the running back for East Carolina. He's kind of like Tajay Spears, right? He picks a big, very explosive player, can pick up big chunks of yards at a lower level, but I think it'll translate to the NFL. Yeah, I like him as a runner. Now, the ECU offense is very pass heavy. Mm -hmm. So when he runs, it's almost unexpected. You know, a lot of defenses playing back on their heels because that team uh, passes so much, but uh, displayed incredible speed. So almost, uh, you know, uh, for, for their, for their team, um, just an all around guy, you know what I mean? So, uh, like you said, the Tajay Spears of ECU, but, uh, you know, I, the, the combine is going to be huge for him. I think, uh, speed and then, you know, those other bowl games and stuff, uh, will help as well. So lots of guys declaring, and then still another week for those guys that are waffling and still deciding, maybe they're waiting on, uh, you know, uh, to see what, Round the uh, what is it called? It's yeah, the, the committee. Board, I was just thinking the, of that the committee, too. Yeah, advisement committee, I think, or advisory Advise, committee. Advisory committee, right? Uh, yeah. So what a process that these guys do is they will, uh, if they're juniors, they will submit their name to the advisory committee. And this uh, committee, who I mean, it's made up of former college players, former uh, NFL, um, you know, evaluators and stuff like that. They all kind of put a grade in on what they think of the guy and then submit it anonymously. And then they get the average of that to see where most people think they're at. A lot of guys, if you know, they're in round two to four, they'll go, they'll go to get their money. If they're below that. A lot of time they'll stay in college, especially now that college, you can make a little money. Um, you know, uh, they'll stick and try to raise their draft grade. So uh, we'll see about all of that. But like I said, today, we're going to talk about wide receivers and tight ends, just pass catchers in general. So let's kick it off with wideouts. Uh, who do you have at number one? Because it's um, it's interesting. The top three, I think, are their own tier, uh, but I'm not sure what order to put them in. I still have Jordan Addison one. I think the NFL probably has Jordan Addison two, but I still have Jordan Addison one. I love the way that he runs his routes. If you watch Devontae Adams, he kind of... He takes his time. He kind of hops off the line. Jordan Addison does that. He's the only college guy I know that does that, where he really is good at varying his pace to set up defenders, and then he just blows by him. If you saw him at Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh realized he was easily their best player, and so they found a way to just get him the ball however they could. A lot of short routes. And then he transfers to USC, gets paid some – you just talked about you getting paid college money. He got paid a lot. And then at USC, they said, well, we don't need to just get him the ball in a hurry. We have Caleb Williams transferred in and go run down the field, and he could do that too. He hardly ever drops a ball. He has returned punts. I don't think they're going to ask him to do it in the NFL. He's very young. We talk about some of these guys turning 25 with receivers. He's 21 when he'll be drafted. So there's some serious development time there. The knock is going to be the same. The knock on a lot of these guys is going to be the same. And that's yeah. the size, right? There's only there's one and a half sort of big guys out of the top end here. <laughs> and Devonta Smith is the one that's going to get compared to Jordan Addison. Now, Devonta Smith has been awesome in the NFL. I don't think they could ask anything more of what Devonta Smith has offered the Eagles. And so I think Jordan Addison can do that too. I think six foot 175 is what he's going to be listed at. That's, that's basically 
what Devonta Smith was, and he's having success. I have less worry about size when it comes to wideouts. Now, you know, look, uh, some of these guys get cracked going over the middle, and their small frame doesn't help there. And I think that's what the worry is on guys like Marquise Brown and Devontae Smith, like the just really slender builds. Um, you know, I mean, Devonte has the nickname of Slim Reaper, right? Um, and just in terms of a wide receiver, I'm with you. I don't think it's a question that the best pure wideout in this class is Addison. It's not really a question. He is. Um, but the number two guy here, uh, Quentin Johnston from TCU, athletically, I think is also unmatched. So um, tell us a little bit about, about Quentin, Quentin Johnston, who you'll be able to see again uh, on Monday uh, in the national title game because TCU advanced and he had some big plays for them. Yeah, if you saw the game, he took the third quarter. I think he took a short slant. That quarter that scored like 50 points. Yeah. He took a short little drag. And then his thing was he got the ball in his hand. He slowed down and then he just exploded by these guys. And at 6'4", 215, he is the one wide receiver that you look at at this top end and say, okay, he's, he's big, right? He is what we want when we look at the prototypical wide receiver. Because 6'4", 215, and he's fast. He's probably the second fastest of this top tier. At 6'4", 215, he has a huge catch radius. I Max Duggan's fun to watch. He's not the most accurate guy. Quentin Johnston pulls in off-target passes all the time. The knock on him, he doesn't run a lot of routes. Even that one, right? It's a drag. They just tell him, run across the field, run away from the cornerback who's guarding you, be bigger, be more physical, and he doesn't. He runs up the field. He runs a stop route. He runs a slant or a drag. That's basically all they ask him to do, and he can dominate college cornerbacks doing that. He can, but he can also have games where, where is he? He had five games this year under 50 yards. That shouldn't happen when you're that big, that physical. But if you're just targeting ceiling of any of the receivers in this draft, it's Quentin Johnston. He's at his size with his speed capability. You can shoot for the moon and say, what can we get? Could we get AJ Brown out of Quentin Johnston? Yeah, you, you could. Could you get a Stephen Hill out of Quentin Johnston? Yeah, you could. It's kind of a, there is a very <laughs> high White. ceiling. A very yeah. low floor. <laughs> right, right. Kevin White is the guy I think Kevin of when White. I think of guys like with size that everyone wanted to compare to Larry Fitzgerald. And then it just didn't work out, you know. Um, but I, I don't Quentin Johnson to me feels very DK Metcalf-ish. I don't know if he's gonna be as stiff. You know, I know that that was a big knock on DK coming out, which I love to bring up because I hate some of these hand measurements and three cone drills and uh, just things you're never going to do on the field that I don't know that they matter as much, but teams like to see him because they like to know about athleticism. All you need to see is him go up and body a defensive back and then run past everybody else to know it's in there. Can he develop the nuance? Cause that's what Addison already has. Addison already has nuance and, and uh, he may not have, the 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 speed or the uh size of Quentin Johnson, but he has a nuance. He has the hard part is done for him. The hard part for Quentin Johnson is he has dominated with his side is size and speed. Now he has to translate that to the NFL. So he has to learn the harder part coming in at the elite level, which can have some struggles. But I just think that um you see the success of guys like Pittman in London. Um you know, those big frame DK Metcalf's another example of just those big frame guys that succeed. Um, and they have that type of top end speed. I think it's more to me. I worry more about the guys that have like 
really no speed at all. And, and uh, you know, you have to, they have to win the 50, 50 balls. Nikhil Harry is an example of that, you know, perfect example because he That's dominated in college, right? Um, going up against five, him, 10, five, eight corners, but they had to scheme him touches though. Like they don't scheme yeah. Quentin Johnson touches. And that's what you see. And you mentioned to kill right. here, right? He doesn't separate in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. He does not separate at all, but Quentin Johnson with the size and speed, I think he is going to be the number one wide receiver off the board. A lot like we saw Drake London, uh, last year. So the, the third guy was a surprise, uh, to, uh, announce that he is going to the NFL. As we talked about before, um, and Keishon Booty definitely in this tier, I think of wide receivers that will probably go in the first, unless he just bombs in his meetings in this combine. Uh, but very interesting player. Tell us about Boutte. So Keishon Boutte's freshman season was, I think the most productive freshman season in the history of the sec, which is saying something that was the year that Jamar chase opted out for the COVID year and Keishon Boutte filled in and looked awesome. And then the next year he came out in the first half of the season, he looked incredible. And then he broke his ankle and didn't play the rest of last year. And then this year, it was just mediocre on the field. It didn't look, he didn't always look engaged. The quarterback play, Jaden Daniels looked better than I think I thought, but it wasn't up to the standards that we've seen out of Joe Burrow, for example, at LSU. Keishon Boutte has great hands. The throws aren't there. He can make catches. He's very good along the sidelines. And then once he gets, because there's really three parts to playing wide receiver, right? There's before the pass is thrown, can the route running. There's mm -hmm. the ball is coming to you. Can you catch it? And then there's, you got the ball in your hands. Can you pick up yards afterwards? When he has the ball in his hands, he looks like a running back. He will eat up people with, he's very physical. He can run you over, but he can also make people miss. It's very impressive when he has the ball in his hands. Now getting the ball in his hands, he has like concentration drops, especially when he is so big and physical that usually there's nobody near him. But when someone is near him and they're able to body up on him, he he'll drop the ball sometimes that that'll be part of the knock on him is say he's at the combine and he's catching balls when nobody's guarding him. I think he's going to do just fine there, but if someone's right up in his face, can he focus on the ball enough? And you mentioned the interviews that's going to be huge for him because they're going to ask the thing him that I don't like is the crybaby nonsense, you know, and that's it, right? We, we saw him pull off the Ellis. He, he was speculated to transfer all off season to Alabama was mentioned a lot and he didn't. Okay. And then, but he, talk about he'd pull off his social media he'd pull all the LSU stuff off and then he'd re-add it and then he'd sort of quit on the team and then he was going to go back to LSU here and then he decided to clear up for the NFL draft and now there's rumors that he was kicked out of LSU so it's just a matter of what's going on between his ears right right and if he's if how he much do you that, care about football that that's the thing is that you know you can be dominant and the best wide receiver ever I mean Jerry Rice best wide receiver ever was always fearful of getting cut and uh, not being able to play. That's why he played till he was 150. So, you know, uh, Keishon Boutte is a different breed, you know, um, and I don't know, man. You know, I know every wide receiver does it, and they all have the kind of crybaby attitude, but you just don't – we're not hearing it at this level too many times about being a crybaby, and he's already won. So it, it super annoys me. Uh, but, I mean, physically, the guy's gifted. You just wonder how much is it between the years of him giving up on the team and then the ankle injury slowing him down uh, before that. If that is it, then, you know, you add him to the Cardinals where all they do is throw the ball or any team that is very pass-heavy, great. But if you draft him to Baltimore and you're asking him to block or Atlanta and you're asking him to block, 
he's going to be a crybaby whiny, about it. Yep. So I'll whine about that. Yeah, exactly. So he's got to go to a place that's fairly pass heavy, uh, you know, to keep him engaged and, and all that stuff. And, um, so he's definitely the biggest question mark, but the dominance that he's had, I think puts him in this range. He would really have to sink, uh, the other stuff. So the big question CK is who's in the next tier and how the hell do you separate them? Because, uh, I mean, and is that the end of your first year? I guess I should ask first, is there anybody else that goes in there and then separating the rest of these guys, I think is, uh, somewhat difficult. So the first three that we mentioned, Addison, Johnston and Butte, I have as a tier, like those are possible alpha wide receivers, right? Like you could tell mm -hmm. me you're getting an all pro out of any one of those three. The next tier is three guys and they could all be very good too, but they all have mostly it's size concerns. And then it's one year production. Well, one of them has two years, but two of them only have one year of production. So let's start with Jackson Smith and Jigba. So it was the dominant sophomore season, the Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith and Jigba season. And then this year he didn't play. I think it was a hip injury is what we kept hearing all year. Maybe wrong on what the injury was, but he has not played all year with an injury. But when he played, he he's amazing at just finding zones. He's so good and smooth. He's not particularly athletic. He's not going to test out like Boutte or Quentin Johnston or Jordan Addison. He's not probably going to run that fast. He will not tear up the three-cone drill you mentioned. He's not going to do any of that. He's just the smooth one of the group, a technician is what you're going to hear him. Because he's not, he's not an exceptional athlete. But get him the ball. He was at the Rose Bowl last year. He had 300 yards receiving. Oh so that tells God. you how good it he was. And so one of the best collegiate catches I've ever seen in my life, his very first touchdown uh, back uh, on the back end of the line. I don't know if you remember this, but like the refs initially waved it off. They're like, no, we didn't catch that. And you play, you, you go to the replay. He gets one foot just barely in. And I mean, in, like by the grace of God, Charles Rogers had one of those as well, where he had one foot down, caught the ball falling out of the back of the end zone, and three guys hit him. Like those are the two. Uh, you know, Jahan Dotson had a one-handed catch uh, that everyone saw the replay for. A lot of amazing catches. I mean, Justin Jefferson against the Bills this year, maybe the best catch I've ever seen in my life. But uh, that the Jackson Smith and Jigba has one of those. And when I think route tactician, technician, however you want to say it, one of those guys, Brandon Ayuk is the guy that comes to my mind. Uh, so, you know, I don't know if, if there's a comp or if they're similar at all, but when I hear that, that, uh, you know, just the way a guy runs a route, he can run a defensive back off of him, uh, just by, you know, um, being able to fake him out. Uh, I is the guy that I think of. That's a, it's a good one. I probably a little, I probably a little heavier than Jackson Smith and Jig, but Jackson Smith and Jig is pretty rail thin. If you've seen him, he's pretty thin. I'm not sure. I can check and see what I have. I'm actually listed at here on my spreadsheet. Jackson Smith and Jigba <laughs> is listed at 198, maybe six foot tall. I don't know if he's going to weigh or if he's going to be six foot tall either. And then because they had Olave and Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith and Jigba is almost exclusively a slot receiver at this point. And we and so they would put him in motion and nobody would bump him. And even in the college football playoff, we saw some of these receivers struggle to get off. Struggled to get off that Marvin Harrison Jr. did not, but Emeka Ibuka really struggled, I thought, to get off of press coverage from Georgia receivers. So for Georgia cornerbacks, that's going to be a question on Jackson Smith and Jigba too. Is he physical enough to get off press coverage? Could he go in the first round? I think so. I think he could, but he, I could also see him going early day too. Yeah, I'm with but, you on that. My next one is actually Jalen Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt, 
one year incredibly productive this season for Tennessee, 67 catches, 1,267 yards and 15 touchdowns. He kind of took over from Cedric Tillman, who we'll talk about, but he's a very different receiver. He is, if there's somebody who's going to outrun Quentin Johnson, it's Jalen Hyatt. I think he probably outruns Quentin Johnston. He's got a chance to be sub 4-3, which is really fast for 40-yard dash time. But big question is, once again, is it Tennessee spread offense or is it him? Because he's another one, six foot, 180 pounds. That's, that's really small. And another one, almost exclusively a slot receiver. So he doesn't have to get off press coverage. Instead, it's kind of just run down the field and he uses that seed to speed to separate. He catches the ball and then he just runs with it. And it works. I think that there's teams that will be able to use Jalen Hyatt's abilities will get a very good receiver, but it doesn't mean that I trust any team to draft Jalen Hyatt and just put him in their offense. Yeah, I think, um, you know, um, you can say this about Jackson Smith and Jigba too. Um, you know, you probably, you want these guys to go where there's an established one already, you know, to take coverage off of these guys. So they get one-on-one opportunities. So they don't have to fight through uh, doubles and, and things like that, or, you know, really, you know, be determined on nuance immediately uh, because they didn't have a lot of it. They, you know, uh, you have a lot of speed, uh, which is fantastic. But uh, who's who's number three on this list? I'm curious to see which guy you put here. The last one I know I have, who I like. The last one I have in that tier is Josh Downs. Josh Downs is so productive as a college wide receiver. He's had over a thousand yards the last couple of years. Now that's with two different quarterbacks. So Sam Howell, who we're going to get to see this Sunday, apparently some not starting, but apparently some playtime. And then you're not ready for you're not ready for Sam I, Howell. I don't know what the hell they're doing. Like, I don't know why they're starting Taylor Heineke. Just play Sam Hall then. That's what I don't Yeah. I, I don't get it. You know, like, what was the point of going back to Carson Wentz? I mean, it just oh. aggravates me, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, well, and then he didn't uh, even know, know that they missed the playoffs. Did you see that? Did you see that Ron Rivera didn't realize until afterwards you know, they were officially eliminated? I understand that. Like, I just, the guy is preparing for the week. I don't think he's not sitting out there working out every single scenario. I think he's trying to win, and he's old. You know, compared to other NFL QBs. Yeah, I just don't. uh, I'm more question. I don't really care that he didn't know that they could get eliminated uh, because he's just trying to win. I care that he put in Carson Wentz. What the hell are you doing? You bench the guy for a reason. You don't bring him back just because Heineke struggles. You got to, you know, it it just it's such indecisiveness. I hate it. Like, why is Sam Howell like if why is Sam Howell going to play but not start this game? You know, you've already been eliminated. You're not making the playoffs. So just throw Sam Howell in and see what he's got, you know. But anyway, we're talking about Josh Downs. Yeah, Yeah, we're talking about Josh Downs. Sorry. We are talking about Josh Downs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Josh Downs, he's got – so Josh Downs is not big either. Josh Downs listed at 5'10", 180, and he's the one that – I can see Jackson Smith and Jigba being physical enough. He's not going to be someone that you want catching double-covered balls, but – Josh Downs does not want to play physical at all. He he really you have to find a way to design him touches. He gets a lot of very short throws, and then he's he's excellent with the ball in his hands. I think he will definitely get a chance to return punts and kicks in the NFL, and I think he'll be pretty good at it because he makes people miss. He's very good at that, and he has great contact balance. As far as somebody does hit him, he kind of bounces off of him. Josh Downs, another one, probably want to get him a, into the right scheme. You mentioned Brandon Ayuk. I think Josh Downs is a little more Brandon Ayuk, just tinier as okay. far as the ability to pick up yards after the catch. But I, I don't really trust Josh Downs to be my one receiver either. 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't either. Uh, I think the next guy on the list is my guy. The, that's your the guy? guy that I put in this tier. Okay. Well, the next guy on my list is Rasheed Rice. He would start the next tier for me. Rasheed Rice is the one that's got... Not him. Sorry. The next guy after him. Sorry. Zay Flowers is my guy. Okay. But Want to talk to Zay Flowers first? Well, Zay Flowers. Yeah, we'll yeah. Let's Zay do Flowers. Zay. Yeah, so yeah. Zay Flowers is going to the Shine Bowl. Zay Flowers is awesome. I, I, I love the call. So Zay Flowers, great year this year. Phil Jerkovich, who's since transferred. I don't remember where, but quarterback 78 catches 1077 yards 12 touchdowns you just get the ball in zay flowers hands and you let him go kind of like josh downs you just get the ball to him what jacovic went to oh that's right to replace keaton slovis yep yeah uh zay flowers the thing that i like about zay flowers is once again not a big guy 510 172 but unlike jalen hyatt or jackson smith and jigba they ask him to play outside at the flanker position it's not just a slot option and he will go down the field and catch passes this is not someone that you have to scheme catches two like those two he will actually do things now he has too many drops he's got to work on his hands they can do that the nfl these are coaches that need to do that he has 24 drops in his career that's a lot for college I Deontay. That, yeah. that's what i mean yeah. he kind of reminds me of Deontay because he can work inside he can work outside Deontay's more of an outside guy uh but coming in at toledo they'd move him in all, all around and he'll make the acrobatic catch he'll make the weird catch uh and um yeah i it, He's the only show at Boston College, right? Outside of the running backs. So um, he was their main guy and everyone knew what was coming and he still got the ball. It's not like uh, some of these other guys, you know, you mentioned Jackson Smith and Jigba, an incredible athlete, one of the best. I mean, highly recruited, all that stuff. But you just don't know because he had Wilson and Olave with him. So he's always wide open. They didn't have anybody to take pressure off of him he still went out there and made plays which makes him just more a little more for sure uh than the other guys in my opinion so i think there's a chance Zay flowers if Zay flowers goes to the shrine bowl which i was surprised he went to the shrine bowl not the senior bowl but if he goes to the shrine bowl and then he goes through the whole combine process and i think there's a chance he could sneak into the back at very back into the first round yeah but i, w- I would expect day two but I would expect a pretty productive receiver right away out of Zay Flowers. Like you said, he's he's dealt with everything, right, at at Boston College. It's not like they didn't scheme him open, and he was dealing with double teams, whereas a lot of these guys barely deal with single coverage, right? Right, exactly. That That's why he's just more proven. He's more mm-hmm. of a sure commodity, although I don't think he has the upside of Jackson Smith and Jigba and guys like that. He definitely already – he has a very, very high floor already. Let's talk Rashi Rice here. The next one in this – in the next tier. Now he is more of the typical wide receiver measurables that you want to see six two two Oh three and Southern Methodist starting to produce quite a few NFL wide receivers here. I'm not sure he's Cortland Sutton, but I think he's probably right below Cortland Sutton as best NFL prospects. He does just fine. People around him. I talked about how some of these guys struggle. Even Keishon Boutte struggles when there's cornerbacks up in his grill. Rasheed Rice doesn't phase him. He'll snag the ball right out of it. Now, once again, not a guy who's ever been asked to run the route tree. SMU's air raid offense. They throw the ball all the time. They ask him to run a lot of just drags and across the middle slants, but otherwise doesn't really run up the field. That'll be something you have to coach up there. He's not going to run as fast as even Zay Flowers or Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnston, not even close. He's probably not going to be a big burner, but as long as he doesn't run David Bell's speed, I, I think he's probably had a pretty good chance to go day two. I think so. I think he's a for sure day two. And as you mentioned before, not a lot of size in this class. So if you're looking for size, um, you know, as long as he measures 
and weighs in at you know all this and we don't find we find out that he's not a 511 and 3 quarters it's listed at 62 or whatever i don't think he is i think he is 62 um you know uh then you know the options are few and far between in this class in terms of size so i think he'll get drafted maybe a little bit higher uh, than we expect because someone wants to reach for a little size. Well, the next guy is not the person that you're reaching for to, walk, to draft either then if you're going for size because Marvin Mims is not a big wide receiver, but watch him play. Now, you compare Marvin Mims at – I have him at 5'11", 179 to, say, Josh Downs, who's 5'10", 180. Marvin Mims looks twice as big the way he plays. <laughs> it, just watch the dude block on some of those outside zones. He just wants to get in there and level guys. And he's good. Big play receiver. He's averaged over 20 yards per catch combined the last couple seasons. They throw him the ball down the field, and he will go up and get it at his size. Another one. Definitely going to carve out a special teams role in the NFL. And his play that you want to watch him on is if you watch him sell a double move, right? He fakes the slant. He's very good at slowing his pace, getting people to think that he's trying to box him out, and then he'll just explode up the field. He almost never drops the ball. But at his size, you really want someone really quick. I'm not sure he's that quick. He's more of he's fast, but he's not going to say flowers is going to be faster than Marvin Mims. I feel pretty confident in saying that, but I think Marvin Mims is just a very good receiver. Who's probably going to go day two, too. I, 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 I like Mims a decent amount. I mean, I can't as an Oklahoma guy say that I love him uh, coming out of Oklahoma, but look, come on. I was still the guy on CD lamb. That's right. Uh, way, way more than uh, a lot of people were too, even though lamb lamb was kind of a can't miss prospect, but um, you know, there, there were questions about him. I didn't have him. I watched him torch, uh, you know, Texas too many times to question CD lamb. Uh, Mims is a guy that um, I think I heard them talking about him on an Oklahoma broadcast before. It was kind of like, this guy was a little bit of an afterthought with, uh, you know, uh, some of the big time recruits that they brought in and everything, but he kept winning the job against bigger recruits every single year. He's gritty. Like you said, he'll go in and throw a block. Um, so he is going to, he's going to get drafted day two, I think almost for sure, just because you have a moldable wide receiver who already has shown off some things with an effort guy, you know, very Tyler Lockett-ish uh, coming into the league. So um, a guy that's going to do the dirty work for you. You already know that you're not questioning that motor at all whatsoever. Not like Keishon Boutte. And, um, you know, he's, he's going to come in and he can produce for you uh, if you put him in that wide receiver role. So I'm excited to see where he ends up. Now, I think that's, that's a Baltimore guy. Right there. That is a good that, Baltimore one. That, yeah. That's a special teams. That's a Devin Duvernay, you know, mm-hmm. type of let's get a, you know, a guy that's that's more quick than fast, uh, but also, you know, uh, can play the slot. And he's going to block because you have to block if you're a wide receiver in Baltimore. So that'd be an awesome fit because they need a big play receiver to, to open up some space underneath for him. But we'll get to them when we talk about needs in a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Let's talk Parker Washington. Uh, he plays. He's a punt returner. He's a very strangely built wide receiver compared to what we've talked about here. He's five ten also, but he's two oh seven. He's more of the stout, like underneath slot option, whereas these other ones are more thin underneath or thin slot options who can get over the top. Parker Washington's wide receiver numbers won't wow you. Three career hundred yard games. He's never had nine hundred yards in a season playing for Penn State. Now that's a team that runs the ball a lot and. Even Jahan Dotson, other than one year, didn't have huge numbers there. But I think people thought that Parker Washington was going to step in and just replace the production from Jahan Dotson, and it didn't happen. So that, that'll be a knock on him. He's also been 
not played since the middle of November. And I looked even to doing this to see, has there ever been an update on what he actually missed time with? And it still just says undisclosed. So I don't know if he was just slightly nicked and he said, I'm getting ready to go to the NFL. Please don't play me. I'm not really sure what's wrong with Parker Washington, but he, because he plays from the slot, you want guys who can get like separate underneath on the route running and he doesn't do it. He doesn't get open enough because of his route running. But when you have a frame like that, and he has excellent hands, like he makes some ridiculous catches on film. So if you have a frame 5'10", 207, and the way the NFL uses these guys where slot receiver who can also sort of run the ball, I think, I think that the NFL might try to find a creative ways to get Parker Washington the ball. Uh, there's a lot of teams, you know, use emotion and stuff like that. Pre-snap, you know, drawing up short routes for those guys or even handing it off to them. Kansas City, we see doing a lot of push passes and things like that. I think KC would be you know, a good spot for him because you already have Travis Kelsey opening up the middle for you. So, you know, um, Juju has done a pretty good job of that. But, you know, somebody might drop a bunch of money on Juju with the wide receiver class. Uh, the wide receiver free agents being a little weak this year. So, I mean, I imagine he'd want to go back to KC, uh, but, you know, they're up against the cap too. So um, uh, potential for uh, potentially KC is a fit for a guy that can get open over the middle, but it's not going to burn anyone. doesn't matter because Kelsey's taking the, the best defender off the play anyway. Let's talk about a guy that you many people may not have heard of, even if you're a college football fan, and that's Andre Yoshivis. Now, Andre Yoshivis is a Princeton wide receiver. So the easy comparison here is big, fast, going to be Christian Watson, right? Because that's lower <laughs> yeah. receivers who are playing up. Now, finding film is hard. I found some. He has the fastest 60-meter time in the NCAA history for a heptathlete, which I'm not entirely sure what that is. I know it's a track thing, and it's got 10 events. But <laughs> because of that, he was on uh, Bruce Feldman's freaks list, and they said, you know, he's probably going to run in the four threes. I watched him. I don't know. It, <laughs> he pulls ahead of Prince. He pulls ahead of the guys that he's against, but he looks like he's going to, in order to run a fast 40 time, you have to be so explosive, right? You have to get off the blocks in a hurry. And he looks, when he gets going, he's got huge strides and he eats up space, but I don't think he's going to start fast enough to run something like that. Troutman duped me <laughs> with, 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 uh, with some Ivy league play too. Use that with Dayton. Uh, so, uh, I think so. And watching some of his film, I'm like, this is Gronk. This guy's unbelievable, but you know, it's guys that are going to be plumbers or whatever that he's playing against. It's not, uh, you know, uh, even highly recruited collegiate athletes. It's, you know, uh, probably you not even plumbers, probably more lawyers and accountants and stuff like that in, in the, uh, the Ivy league, you know? So, uh, it, Watching the film is tough. We'll have yeah. to see what he runs, which I generally don't particularly like. But once again, this is a size uh, depressed draft. So if this guy runs a fast 40, looks good out there uh, doing stuff, he dominates. Uh, is he in one of the bowl games? Is so he he's in... going to be in the senior bowl. That's okay behind Tyson Badgett. That's probably the person I want to see the most. Tyson Badgett we talked about. That's the quarterback from Shepard. Andre Yoshevis playing for the senior bowl. If he goes out, I mean, at this time last year, we were talking Christian Watson's kind of an interesting pick in the midday, probably early day three. Right. And then he yeah. dominated the senior bowl all week, dominated the senior bowl and ended up being picked early in the second round. I mean, Calvin Johnson comparisons on his RAS score. So yeah. relative athletic score uh, for those of you that are unfamiliar. So uh, yeah, it's one of those guys that, you know, you show up and you dominate that. Um, People are going to look at you. I mean, Claypool did the same thing. 
you know, um, uh, big dude. He went to Notre Dame, of course, so a little bit more fervor around him. But yeah, Watson did it last year as well. So uh, if he does measure up, run runs very, very fast and does the drills well, he's going to boost himself up, you know, without even the play, you know, even if the play is not great at the senior bowl or average or whatever they say, if he has the, those crazy scores at the combine, someone loves measurables, probably the Raiders and will still end up taking him. So, and that we'll see how that works out with whoever they're going to get to play quarterback. Jared Stidham <laughs> here. Now we're in uh, Cedric Tillman. This is the other wide receiver for Tennessee. So we talked Jalen Hyatt. That's the fast one. Cedric Tillman is the big body one, but Cedric Tillman's big year was not this year, the year before this year, he only made six seasons. Then it was ankle injuries. And then they just kept saying precautions with his ankle. And then eventually he opted out of the bowl game. So it's once again, it's another guy really just one season of production. Now, He's got the typical wide receiver frame, 6'3", 215, and he uses it. He's very good at using his big frame. Big wingspan will catch the ball away from his body. But he's not the one. If, if you want a down threat, this isn't it. This is your possession receiver underneath. You try to get the ball to him, slants. He catches five, six catches underneath, and he can turn it into 60-ish yards. You're not going to ask him to stretch the field for you, just like Jalen Hyatt, because they play at Tennessee. He's not been asked to run the route tree. He's going to need some route running work to refine that. Is somebody that's going to need some coaching up, but I could see Cedric Tillman carving out a productive NFL career, but I don't think he's ever going to be a star. And at least a guy that is that runs outside, you got to deal with press coverage a little bit. So he's probably ahead of Hyatt in that terms of you know being able to at least one on one a guy and get past him. So um, a little bit more, but not as not as gifted athletically as Hyatt, obviously. So no. like you said, if Hyatt runs below a four three. I mean, he'd probably go day one, so. Probably will. Uh, Xavier Hutchinson kind of likes Cedric Tillman. Big frame, 6'3", 210, so five pounds difference. I, another one we're going to get to see at the Senior Bowl. He has just steadily gotten better every year at Iowa State. He steadily gets better. I compared him to Kendra Miller, who got hurt for TCU. I said last week when we were talking running backs, he's good but not great. He just does everything well. He just doesn't excel at anything, and that's kind of what Xavier Hutchinson is to me. 6'3", 210. He's not a super speed profile guy, but... He's going to be faster than Cedric Tillman at that size, I think. I think he's fast enough. He's he's another one, just like Zay Flowers you talked about. There is not a whole lot of questions at Iowa State other than who's going to get the ball, other than Xavier Hutchinson for the last couple of years. And he still got the ball. He still got open. He got off press coverage. He's just solid at the NFL think, level, I think. Uh, this is more of an overall question, but do you think the lack of success from like Hakeem Butler coming out of Iowa State with size, do you think that hurts Hutchinson or do you think people aren't thinking about that? I don't know. I was a big Hakeem Butler guy too. Me too. But I just saw he got drafted to the AFL or to the XFL or one of those. Oh, other did he leagues. really? <laughs> I think so. Uh, I don't know if it'll knock him. It's been a few years, but because didn't Alan Lazard, Alan Lazard's an Iowa State guy too. So, yeah. so mm -hmm. for every Hakeem Butler, well, you get you a go. good one too. You're right. So it might, but you know, if he goes out and he does at the senior bowl, what he's done for his whole four year career, I don't think people will think too much about Hakeem Butler's being terrible for the Cardinals. <laughs> Uh, all right, so now I ask you the question: Is Hutchinson closer to Hakeem Butler or Alan Lazard? I'll say Alan Lazard. I think he's better. Oh than, I think Here he's. I, I like think it. he's more Alan Lazard than Hakeem Butler. Hakeem Butler just wasn't. He was one. all he, size. He, he couldn't he separate. Six, six? Right. It's yeah. the same thing. I don't care. You can be that tall, but if you can't get past a cornerback, like if you still have cornerbacks on top of you, it doesn't matter. Like if they're still right on top. Butler of you, should have been used like Isaiah Likely. 
Now, that, yes. He should have been a yes. tight end. Darren yeah. Waller. Yeah, Darren Waller was yeah. a wide receiver at Georgia Tech, right? He transferred right. over and played tight end, and now he's great when he's not injured all season. Thank you <laughs> for all my fantasy teams for – I've had a lot of Darren Waller this year. Well, at least you're not bitter about it, so that's good. That's right, exactly. So. <laughs> Let's talk a tiny, probably the smallest wide receiver in this draft, and that is Tank Dell, Nathaniel Dell. He plays for Houston. Incred- another one, incredibly productive. 109 receptions, just shy of 1,400 yards, 17 touchdowns. He plays everywhere at that size. He's not just a slot option. They'll ask him to play outside. They will ask him to play in the slot and they will line him up as running back. You just get the guy in the, he, he's one that when you get the ball in his hands, he makes things happen. He's kind of like Deuce Vaughn in that respect at his size, painfully small, 155 pounds. And he plays like it. He does not play big at all. If you can get your hands on him, you can bounce him off your routes. He will, he will get bumped off his routes often. But if you, if you miss on the bump, like he's gone, he's going to get past you and he's going to, He's going to take it to the house a lot of ways. You're just going to have to scheme ways to get this guy the ball. We've seen it. This is the 2-2 Atwell. This is the Kelvin Austin on Pittsburgh, where if you can get this guy the ball, he can make something happen. But you can't just ask him to run a typical route tree. It's not going to work. Yeah, guys like this are tough uh, Mm -hmm. because it's so productive at Houston. Uh, You know, so you just, you see it and you go, oh, man, this is where... I do get concerned about uh, size. You know what I mean? When, and it's not so much the height. I don't really care about height. Deuce Vaughn is going to come in at five, five and he can be an NFL running back. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Uh, But one fifty on, you know, in a skinny frame, it's just, I mean, dude, you know, if (laughs) Mika Fitzpatrick hits you at that size over the middle, you break in half. So Mm -hmm. uh, that is, I think under one seventy for any position on the field is starting to get a little dicey. So were so you a two, two at well guy? Did you like two, two coming out? I just thought, I mean, I liked him, but he went way too high. Number one, he and he's a toy. And I think that's mm-hmm. kind of what uh tank is here. You know, he, he's a little bit more uh, of a, of a toy of a, you know, a team that already has great weapons can add him in C. Uh, but you know, like put him in Cincinnati with, you know, uh, chase and Higgins and guys like that. So now, now you are one-on-one and all you got to do is beat that one guy in a spread. You don't take him and put him in, you know, Vegas where he has to do something across from Adams. Right. So, um, I don't know. I think his fantasy upside is limited because, uh, his production, you know, he, his, his, touches, he will runs, be his touches will be very limited. So you want him to have success and stay on a team, uh, as a special teamer, and go from there and advance up the ranks. But this is, you know, for a dynasty, it's a grab and stash. For a redraft, it's an ignore. Yep. Kind of like, because Kelvin Austin got hurt all season pretty much. He didn't play one snap for Pittsburgh. Yeah, Yeah, see, and that's, that's, that's what these guys have to deal with. Like, get the ball in them. They can do something. But otherwise, they're so tiny that injuries pile up. Yeah. Let's talk Trey Palmer, another senior bull guy. Trey Palmer transferred for one season to Nebraska. And the easy comparison was Nebraska's new coach was with Pittsburgh when Jordan Addison won the Blitnikoff. Everybody said, okay, well, this is this, get this guy. And it kind of worked. He was more productive in that one season than the three years at LSU, 71 catches, 1,043 yards and nine touchdowns. That's a good, that's a good year. And Nebraska found ways to get him the ball too. He, he did the punt returning. He did kick returns. They got him short passes. They asked him to go up the field. He's explosive. (laughs) He's not tank Dell explosive, but he's also not tank Dell small. He's six, one, one ninety. That's thin. It's not, 
unbearably thin. You could ask him, to, I think, to put a few more pounds. And I think his frame, some of these guys at their size, I don't really want him to put on a whole lot more because then I think they lose their explosiveness. I think Trey Palmer could get that up 10 more pounds and still be pretty explosive. Now, he's another one. Lots of goes, lots of screens, lots of drag routes. Just get the ball in his hands at Nebraska and see what happens. I said it's kind of what Jordan Addison did at Pittsburgh. Which I said, run those short routes and just get him the ball and see what happens. He's going to need some development, but I, I, I kind of like Trey Palmer. I think he's going to have a pretty good NFL career. I take him way over Dell, you oh. know, and also he just fits in more spots. If you put him in Carolina across from DJ Moore, Tennessee, where they're looking for, you know, Kyle Phillips looked pretty good for Tennessee, kind of the same, uh, you know, deal, different career paths, different players, mm-hmm. of course, but kind of the same, you know, in terms of the draft process, uh, kind of the same deal. A guy that has had production, but you're not real sure. He kind of bounced around, kind of kicked around. Uh, so he's a maybe. If he comes out and performs, um, you put him on a team that needs a wide receiver, and he can go up and get it. So, yeah, I like Palmer uh, a decent amount. He's one of those sneaky guys that I think uh, could end up playing more than we expect year one. And this is one more sneaky guy, I think, and that's Pukunakua. He is also a senior bowl guy we'll talk about at the senior bowl, but He's bigger than his measurements, which is kind of rare in this class. A lot of these guys are tiny and they play tiny. Pukunuku is 6'1", 205, and he plays bigger than that. He'll, he'll go up and get the ball. He, he has great body control where he'll jump up and he'll kind of contort his body and, and it increases his catch radius. There's two ways to have a big catch radius. One is you're big and like Quentin Johnston and you just have naturally long arms. And the other one is you contort your body and you can make plays that the ball's off target. And Pukunakua can do that. Now, they've also found a way to get him the ball. He's had over 200 yards rushing and five more touchdowns this year. So BYU said he's one of our best playmakers. Let's get him the ball, and and he does it. Now, he's got to be better at separating, too. He's got to be better at that. And he will get eaten alive right now by press corners when they don't get him a way to like, uh, put him in the slot or put him in motion to get corners to back off to him. He will get destroyed in that case. A little more muscle get something like that going. He, he'll be one that at the senior bowl, I think he's going to have to play well, but if he does, it, it could be a, he could get picking, taken with some decent draft capital. Yeah. And there's other guys in this class too. There's going to be a lot of separation made uh, at, at the combine this year. I think more than there has been in past years, even for a position that, you know, the 40 time matters more than, you know, for corners and wideouts, it matters more than any other position. So yeah. um, yeah, there were some think, guys Go ahead. Oh, as I was gonna say, there's there's a couple guys that I just kept off the list because I didn't really Charlie Jones at Pitt Purdue. Mm-hmm. I, I think Charlie Jones, six foot one eighty eight. I think if Charlie Jones measures in a little bigger than that, he could get drafted in the fourth, fifth round too out of Purdue and basically on one year of production and three transfers in there. And then all the Maryland guys, I just don't know what to do with all the Maryland guys. They're so <laughs> hard for me to judge. Rakeem Jarrett, Dante Demas, specifically those two. We've seen Maryland receive like Stefan Diggs with a sixth round pick, right? So we've seen Maryland receivers come to the NFL and have really ridiculous success. But I think Rakeem Jarrett will be the best one in the NFL. But I don't know if that's what that means for him. Could he go out and be a better version of Parker Washington? Because he's kind of that like stout wide receiver frame too. And be, you mentioned Brandon Ayuk. I could see Rakeem Jarrett being Brandon Ayuk pretty easily, but I could also see Rakeem Jarrett out of the NFL in two years. Right. I mean, uh, highly touted prospect, as you mentioned, um, the biggest prospect in Maryland history. Ronnie Bell, another one of those guys uh, out of Michigan. Jaden Reed, I know, is in the mix as well. 
and uh the you know the kid from what's the kid's name from uh fresno state um nico crapper yeah nico well cropper's oh, nico good Remigio? too yeah yeah, yeah. remigio uh Jalen wayne uh zakari franklin out of utsa like th this it's deep but it's going to be tough to separate some of those guys i think we have uh, you know, uh, your list CK, I think is great for the guys that are definitely going, mm -hmm. they're definitely getting drafted. And maybe a couple of these guys could drop off. if They are real bad. They're real bad in the process. Like tank is a guy that can drop off. If he just, if he runs slow and he's undersized, uh, slower than you expect and getting drafted, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but, but everybody else, I think you did a pretty good job of separating here at wide receiver. And we'll obviously, you know, Later well, in the maybe. process, we will get deeper. We will get deeper in, and we will learn more and more um, about these prospects. Let's flip over to tight ends real quick, because there's like, there's two that I see that are real good, and then there's a bunch of question marks. So who are who are our top two guys here? Michael Mayer is the top one, pretty pretty clearly. I, yeah. I last year when I was doing the grading, I had two prospects that I had as really highly very unlikely to bust. And they actually both ended up getting drafted by Baltimore and Kyle Hamilton and Tyler mm -hmm. Lindenbaum. I, I think that's Michael Mayer. I think he's probably the most unlikely pick to bust. It's very hard for me to sit here and say, Michael Mayer is going to be a first round pick and is not going to ever have any production. He's been so productive at Notre Dame at also clearly the best option they've had. And he's dealt yeah. with that coverage. You see times where there's a safety mm -hmm. and a linebacker and a corner that will pick him up. Like he will have two, three guys on him and they will still try to get him the ball because he's that good. Now, when it comes to tight ends, my question is, where do they play? Can they actually play as a tight end? Do they play as a wide receiver? He'll play tight end. He's very good at that. He can play in line. He can play slot. He can split out wide. That's what we want for fantasy production. Can you play out wide? Great hands. Difficult to tackle when he gets the ball. He's not a burner. He's not going to pick up huge chunks. There. We're not talking Kyle Pitts here. This is not Kyle Pitts, but yeah. pick up 20 yards on a play. Like, that's not unquestioned. I think... I think there was four tight ends who had over 120 targets. I wouldn't, if there's the right offense, I could see Michael Mayer getting 120 targets as a rookie. I think he could be very productive, which we don't usually see out of rookie tight ends. Yeah. A tight end is probably the hardest position uh, to do that in, you know, uh, because there's so much going on. You're a six offensive lineman in your, you know, fourth wide receiver most of the time. So it, it's, it's why we see a lot of guys like, I don't think Travis Kelsey caught a pass his first season in the NFL, you know? Um, Cause he was just, he was a project. A lot of these guys come in as projects. I mean, Mark Andrews was drafted after Hayden Hurst was drafted uh, by the Ravens. So the role matters, all that stuff. But I'm just like, I'm sitting here thinking CK, how many NFL tight ends right now are definitely better than mayor. Cause I think it's, it's not a ton um that are definitely better than him let me just kind of look through uh the teams here i mean i wouldn't oh, say Knox is no uh hunter henry no 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 gasicki nobody on the jets mark andrews is mm -hmm. would you say fryermuth is or in his range i think that's that's going to be close i think that's a type of player that you can get out of michael mayer pretty much from day one yeah so that's not for sure right nope. so uh, all it really is it's Kelsey, uh, Waller, mm -hmm. you probably put uh, in that range. He's Goddard, a better fantasy tight end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Goddard is. Uh, Hawkinson, maybe. 
and that's, that's about it. Maybe Pitt, Ertz. Maybe it's uh, Pitts, well. Pitts, and Pitts is Ertz a better player if he was on a better team. Pitts would be better if I trusted the offense at all. Absolutely. In yeah, but, in terms of production or in terms of athletically, like Pitts is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But in that offense, you know, uh, who knows? They got to get better. At, they got to get a better passer. They got to get better at protecting the passer. So there's a lot to grow there. So I mean, Mayer, like, is a top. He's a tight end one in terms of fantasy. From day one, be. wherever he goes, it seems. So, oh, yeah, uh, yeah Mayer is an excellent prospect for sure. Yeah, I think he's one of the best 12 tight ends the second he gets drafted. Now, I would. Yeah. the next one's going to depend on fit, but Darnell Washington, you mentioned as a tight end, you're a sixth offensive lineman. He is a sixth offensive lineman who can also run like a unicorn I for mean, his he size. He could up and play left tackle. Yo, mean, he could. Like yeah. He's that good of a blocker too. But 6'7", 270, you know, this is – Abs tight end has always got really ridiculous athletes, but Darnell Washington is on a whole different class at that size. He's probably four inches taller than most tight ends in the NFL at that size. Now at Georgia, the production as a receiver just hasn't been there. 43 catches in his career in his career. He's 43 catches for <laughs> 737 yards and three touchdowns. Now they have tight they run ends. the ball. Yeah, they got, they run the ball and they have Brock Bowers yeah. who catches the ball for him, who is a insane tight end prospect in his own right, because of the fact that he's, kind of a wide receiver Brock, playing tight end. Brock Bowers is your next Kyle Pitts. Yeah, so, that's the one that's yeah, going to get mentioned next, next year. year. But mm-hmm. Darnell Washington, when he does get the ball, he had a catch in the the playoff that we saw this week. He ended up getting hurt. He ended a left ankle injury. I think they didn't say it was a high ankle sprain. I think it was a high ankle sprain. They didn't confirm it, but I think it was a high ankle sprain. But he caught a ball, and he just when he does get the ball in his hands, He's really athletic. You'll see him hurdle nobody people at that size. Tackle him. Yeah, nobody, yeah, you want to tackle that guy, right? That's tackling an offense. You mentioned Panay Sewell a couple weeks ago catching a pass. Like, he is <laughs> not all that different than catching it. And at 6'7", Darnell Washington, I could see him. You mentioned Dallas Goddard. He's not that fast. He's not going to be that fast. But just somebody who can catch underneath routes, Zach Ertz, maybe not going to get extremely down the field, but he catches balls within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. And then good luck tackling him. Like, it could be really interesting with Darnell Washington. He's definitely not as guaranteed good as Michael Mayer, but right. He's a fun projection. Yeah, he is, you know, uh, the guy, the guy that was Darnell Washington in last year's class was probably Jelani Woods, just a guy with enormous size runs like a deer. And we've seen him trip into some fantasy production this year. Well, and that's because, you know, you're asking a guy of that size to go out um, or of that speed and just his lack of experience too to go out and block. It's questionable. It's not questionable with Darnell Washington. He is going to be used like he's immediately a goal line tight end, a hundred percent. And um, because of that size, it makes him a, a touchdown target. So, um, and you don't want to tackle him in the open field. Where, as I said, it make if Fitzpatrick comes over the middle to hit Tank Dell, break him in half, he will get uh, put out, laid out on a stretcher. If he tries to hit uh, Darnell Washington, because uh, he weighs forty pounds more than him at l- the least, probably more like fifty or sixty pounds more than Mika. So you know those hard hitting tight ends. You throw it to a guy like Washington, they they think twice. Go after the legs, son. You know you don't want you want don't want to body him up. It. Yeah, you're gonna be a speed bump on his way to the end zone if you try to tackle him high. So uh, yeah, man, he is exciting to watch. But I tell you what, behind these two. I don't know. I kind of throw my hands up. Tell me, tell me what we're looking at. Cause I just have no idea. I think so. Michael Mayer is going to go day one. I think yeah. Darnell Washington, if the ankle checks out, if he really ran some insane 
time could go day one. It's it's unlikely he's probably a day two guy, but I think there's a few, two or three more day two guys in here, which Michael Mayer, Darnell Washington, and at least Tucker Craft, who's the next one, are probably all better prospects than Trey McBride was the first tight end we saw last year. I think all three of them are better prospects than Trey McBride. I haven't officially graded it out yet, but Tucker Craft is a tight end from South Dakota State, so a smaller school, but a lot of production from South Dakota State in the NFL. He injured his ankle week one against Iowa, which kind of stunk when you get the chance to see someone playing against a that level of defense that Iowa put out there. You kind of want to see it, but he missed almost two months, only ended up playing five games now. Five pretty good games. Just like Michael Mayer, I said he can play in the line, meaning he can play at a traditional tight end spot. He can play slot, or he will split out and play wide receiver. And he's great when he gets the ball in his hands. He'll pick up chunks of yards, but his thing is going to be the same thing that it was with Andre Yoshivis or Christian Watson, where he's clearly the best player on the field most of the time. And you're going to be going up against quite a bit of better competition, obviously at the NFL level than what he's seeing at South Dakota state. So now you're going to actually have to run routes. You can't just get by on being bigger and faster than everybody else on the field. Now you actually have to develop some, you mentioned the word nuance earlier. That's, that's what we want to see out of Tucker craft because you're not going to be the biggest, fastest athlete on the field when you step in the NFL. I would love to see him in the senior bowl. I do have not seen that he's been invited to the senior bowl or the shine bowl yet, but I think something like that would be great for his prospects here. I hope so, you know, because those guys, we, we want to see him. We want to see him against uh, the best of the best in this all-star type of uh, format. So fingers crossed. So the next one is Luke Musgrave. So Musgrave is basically a wide receiver who qualifies a tight end. He barely blocks it all. This is the Oregon State tight end. I should mention that. But he is going to the Senior Bowl. He only played two games this year. He dealt with a knee injury. And he's only really played 20 games his whole four-year career because he's been dealt with injuries and Oregon State has found other ways to not use him. So another one, his college production is only 633 combined yards in four seasons with two touchdowns. But I think he's the fastest of the tight ends we'll talk about. I think he's going to be very quick. I think he can beat linebackers up the seam. He might be the only one that can get big chunk plays down the field among these guys, but his knock is going to be, can he block at all? He doesn't really do it. And NFL teams, you know, for fantasy, it doesn't matter. But NFL teams care. They're not going to put him on the field yeah. if he can't block. So it, he could be a very impressive weapon for a team. But I don't think any team just wants to drop Luke Musgrave in and say, okay, well, you're blocking the backside of TJ Watt here. You're chipping on TJ Watt because <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's doing that. Right. We'll see. Uh, Luke Musgrave, I'd like to see him at the Senior Bowl, too. He'll, he needs a good one, and then he could solidify a day two pick. Dalton Kincaid is also going to senior bowl. Kincaid's a great pass catcher for Utah. Very good. But he's another one more of a pass catcher than a blocking option. He can block a little more than Luke Musgrave, but not great at it. Keithy was more of their blocking yep, tight end. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And Kincaid usually plays the slot once in a while. He'll play in line, but usually he doesn't even play there. You mentioned Keithy. That's who plays on the line. He'll, he'll play the slot. And whereas these other guys, Tucker Kraft, Luke Musgrave, Darnell Washington, Michael Mayer, they could get up the field. They're not going to do a whole lot of it. Kincaid is almost exclusively underneath catches. He, he kind of reminds me of like slower Zach Ertz where he catches the ball and he gets tackled a lot. Doesn't not really a huge option with the ball in his hands. There's limitations to his game for, for the NFL standards, but for fantasy, like he could, could you see him carving out a 50 catch roll? You know, something's something small like that. I think it's possible. Not right away. It's going to take some time. This is not, Beyond Michael Mayer, I don't think any of these guys are probably someone you're going to draft in a yeah. redraft league in fantasy, but 
eventually I think Dalton could could put together a pretty decent career. Yeah, I think that's kind of uh, a lot of these guys. That's why I said, you know, I'm just kind of throwing my hands up. I think there's going to be, in terms of tight ends, we know those two guys at the top are going to go early. Mayer's definitely day one. Uh, Darnell Washington, like you said, maybe, uh, probably more of a day two pick. But after that, it's, you know, what does a team need? Uh, And there's not a lot of teams that need a big pass catcher. There are some, uh, but there's more teams that need depth for blocking and more teams that just kind of probably are going to re-sign their own guys that have already been in the system and stuff. So there are other pass catchers. The kid from Old Dominion, um, Kuntz, yeah, uh, Latu from Bama, um, Strange from Penn State, uh, Yurchek from Stanford, like, there, there are decent tight ends that, you know, perform decently uh, in the collegiate level, but you just don't know I got how one, raw these guys are. They're all very raw. I got one on more one that I think the other. I got one more that I think probably doesn't get drafted in the first couple of days, but he's inter like he's got potential. And that's Sam Laporta, the Iowa guy. Iowa starts to kick off, a, kick out a lot of these. Now, this is not Noah Fant. This is not George Kittle. This is not DJ Hawkinson. Those are all Iowa tight ends. He is not yeah. that, but, <laughs> but he's, kind of quietly pretty good, almost identical seasons last couple of years, 53 catches both years, 670 yards, 601 yards. So those are. And look, that's with some bad quarterback. And that's too. And that's what At I was least with Fant and, and those other guys, they had someone that could get the ball down the field a little bit. Yeah. The quarterback plays bad. And you're talking about Iowa doesn't have any, like everybody knows that Sam Laporta is their best pass catching option. You talk about it with Zay flowers or Michael Mayer. Everybody yeah. knows Sam Laporta is their best option. He rarely drops a pass. He can make, if you watch the bowl game, he can make plays with the ball in his hands, but he's not the athlete of any of those other guys we talked about, but solid, if unspectacular, I I could see him not being Pat Fryer, but I could see him having some pass catching prowess at the NFL level. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, and like I said, it's always, and this is um, what gets us interested is that, we, you know, we know there were bad passers at Iowa. So yes. the, I mean, he could be much better than we think you, you throw him in there because he did not have an NFL level QB. So that's the thing too. So uh, we'll see, but yeah, the, the tight end class there, there's the wide receiver class. We, I think we know who's at the top. Um, the middle needs to be sorted out a little bit. The very end probably obviously is usually special team team guys. Tight end is different. Tight end, very the top two are good, especially Mayors. I mean, gonna come in and fantasy wise, uh, tear it up immediately. Uh, Washington has a little more to do, but he's gonna be on the field. The rest of the guys are all kind of eh, maybe question marks, you know, yeah, big question marks. So, um, let's go down to uh, what the team needs are. Uh, and this is right now, obviously, these are going to change, but. Uh, we start at wide receiver, and I listed these in three different. I kind of had more separators uh, for the running backs, but for wide receivers, I mean, there's not a team that would say they need no help at wide receivers. There's so many. So, but I put these teams that need a lot of help, uh, and there may be a little controversy here. We'll see. Um, but the first one is Chicago. I know they traded for Chase Claypool. They have Darnell Mooney there. Um, but I still think they need a one. I don't think either one of these guys is a one. I definitely don't think it's Claypool, which I know is why they traded that second round pick for him. They didn't like the free agents available this year. Plus the class 
you know, uh, you got three first round wide receivers probably could be it. Um, so they wanted just someone guaranteed that has size and can go up and get the ball play opposite of Darnell Mooney. So I get it. Uh, they are going to be missing though. UFAs Pringle, Harry Pettis, Equinemius, St. Brown. So the guys on the roster right now that are really Claypool, Mooney and Bayless Jones. So they need somebody there. Yeah. And uh, they don't have, they have the second pick overall right now and they don't have a second round pick because of the Claypool trade. So they really need to trade down and get more picks is what they need. They for sure will. And our guy Guthrie in the, uh, the ITL, uh, football room, uh, has been, I mean, he's been on this class. He probably knows more about this class than us combined, <laughs> uh, because he has been uh, ready for the bears to have a, a high pick. I also have Kansas city on this list. MVS, Canaries, Tony sky, Moore, Justin Ross, who most people forgot they signed. I did until I was looking at the contract stuff who is a Supreme talent, but has injury stuff because Juju Watson and Hardman are all unrestricted free agents, uh, leaving that team this year. They could resign some of these guys, but we know Kelsey's the number one. And then after that, it's kind of a question mark. So we'll see if they resign Juju or decide to go with someone in the draft. Um, I've got Atlanta on here because after Drake London, the only guys left on the roster are Bernhard and Darby Zacchaeus bird and Hodge, who were the, you know, two, three, and four for them this season. And obviously they traded Calvin Ridley are all gone. They need major help. Uh, the giants need major help. I mean, Shepard, Richie James, Marcus Johnson, all free agents, uh, and Slayton, a free agent as well. Galladay, Wandale Robinson, <laughs> Colin Johnson is what they have on the roster. So, uh, they're going to have to resign some guys, sign some guys and draft somebody, uh, your Packers, Watson and Dobbs are there. Torre is there, but Lazard and Cobb are unrestricted free agents. So uh, you'd assume they try to work something out with Lazard, but we'll see. Uh, Carolina, after DJ Moore, it's Terrace Marshall, Shai Smith, LaVisca Chanel. Uh, so just not a lot of depth there. Um, the Patriots just don't have a couple have a guys at Carolina that I just had such high hopes for. And they just drew like Terrace Marshall and LaVisca Chanel, dude. I thought they were going to be so good. And LaVisca Chanel, not all on Carolina, but I thought he'd be so much better than he's been. I mean, uh, you know, Chenault got dogged out by Urban last year, and that really set him back. I don't know what he did to piss off Urban. You know, who knows? Maybe he missed a field goal and got kicked. I have no idea. But, like, this guy was so dominant at Colorado. And I know that's Colorado, but um, he was he had a chance to go to Bama and wanted to make a name for himself at Colorado. Uh, had injury stuff, but I expect him to be much better, too. So... Uh, and Terrace Marshall, like you said, you know, Terrace, Terrace Marshall still could be a good NFL wide receiver. They just need a quarterback. Uh, I don't, you know, Darnold's mm -hmm. playing well, but are they settling on Darnold? I doubt it. So um, they need they need help there. Uh, I put the Patriots on this. They have Kendrick Bourne and Parker, and they like Tyquan Thornton, but Myers and Aguilar are unrestricted free agents. They got to get something in there. Uh, the Raiders need something behind. Adams because Renfro looked like garbage. Hollins is a free agent. So is Cole for Houston. It's a bunch of mid as the kids would say it's cooks. It's Mechie. It's Collins, Amari Rogers. And then Chris Moore and Philip Dorsett who filled in when those guys went down are unrestricted free agents. And then uh, Tennessee, I like Traylon Burks. Uh, Robert Woods is probably better than what he's shown this year. But after that's Kyle Phillips, Racy McMath and Nick Westbrook. Akina is a uh, unrestricted free agent. So, I just don't – I don't know what they're doing. They really need a quarterback first because I don't know if Willis is cutting it either. Um, obviously, with a full offseason, they're going to give him a chance. Uh, but 
they got to you got to give that guy playmakers to throw the ball to. I like Jalen Hyatt to Tennessee. They need the speed factor. Traylon Burks is your big underneath receiver. They need somebody. Once again, they're still going to lean on the run, right? That's a team that's going to lean yeah. on the run. Derrick Henry, and you need somebody to just back up the safeties. And I think Jalen Hyatt would be a great fit for what Tennessee wants to do. I think the Titans are the most one-player dependent team in the league behind Baltimore. Baltimore is the whole system is designed around Lamar. So when Lamar doesn't play, you have to have a, a specific guy. Tyler Huntley's that guy, but he can't throw the ball down the field. The Eagles so, look like pretty much trash without Jalen Hurts. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so maybe you throw them in there as well. But like Tennessee, a Tennessee's whole offense a is built around Derrick Henry. You can't, you know, there's no replacing him. So if Derrick Henry goes, you change the whole offense and whatever it is, you need uh, playmakers on that team. So they got to add somebody. Uh, the teams that I, I um, said need some help, like these guys have a one or they have decent depth, but there's they're missing something. I've got Denver in here with, uh, they got Sutton and Judy. I just don't know. It feels like maybe they're missing something. I put Cleveland in here with Cooper. DPJ might be a guy. I feel like they could use a third. Uh, Indianapolis, after Pittman, it's Pierce, who's like, plays more like a three you need some speed there Campbell and Doolin both free agents for them for Miami they don't really need much I mean it's Hill and Waddle but they don't have anything behind those guys it's Cedric Wilson Eric has a camera because Sherfield's a free agent River Craycraft is too uh for the Jets let's put somebody in here with Garrett Wilson because Elijah Moore ain't cutting it they don't like him uh Corey Davis is a little bit overpaid I think they could use somebody else uh Detroit you know, it's just Detroit all depends on what Jamison is going to be able to do because uh, Chark is a free agent. So after Amonor St. Brown, who's definitely a, a one, is Jamison good enough to be that other one? I think he is, but I think you need to make sure because you can't live with Reynolds and Raymond forever. So, um, you know, let's just get someone in to make sure. And they're at the point where they're going to be, they might have some luxury picks. Uh, you know, this team, they need a quarterback still because golf is a big question mark. They need a tight end, which we'll get to in a second, but they might have some luxury picks here. Baltimore. I don't know. Is Bateman the guy CK? If he could ever stay healthy. I think he, I think he's could be the underneath guy, but once again, another team, they, they need to back people up because everyone knows they want to run and yeah. they need some speed on that team. And you mentioned Devin Duvernay. I like Devin Duvernay, but he's an underneath slot option, right? He's not someone who's going to force safeties to step back and, and worry about the over-the-top pass, and neither is Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman is fine underneath, big, physical, big-frame receiver, but you need someone they to signed step... 68-year-old Deshaun, Jocks, Deshaun <laughs> Jackson, for God's sake. I mean, that's how bad they need speed. That's it, yeah. Like, and he's probably still the fastest player on that team, which is saying something. Yeah, exactly. So really? they, they need something else there. Uh, Bateman might be your one. Uh, I put New Orleans here, too, because, look, you still have Olavi's a one, and he's great. Shahid has proven I think he can be a potential two. You still have Michael Thomas, but I Michael Thomas might be completely washed at this point. I have no idea. Cowboys no restricted. Landry's gone. You need something else there. Uh, so uh, Seattle, Metcalf is great. He's a one. I love Lockett. He's getting a little older, though, and their three is Eskridge right now, who I really like coming out of Western Michigan, but just has not. I, I think it may not be a good fit for him there. Uh, but he just hasn't shown much at all. Um, and then I put Pittsburgh in here too because they traded Claypool. So it's Deontay, George Pickens looks awesome. Steven Sims, I think, is fine 
if they re-sign him in the slot role, he also returns kicks and punts. Uh, they also have Calvin Austin, who might be in there doing some stuff if he can stay healthy. But Pittsburgh usually drafts wide receiver and turns him into a Pro Bowl. So uh, we'll see. And then um, teams that don't need much. Uh, San Francisco's got Debo, Ayuk, Ray Ray, Danny Gray. They lose Juan Jennings, but they don't need much. Cincinnati has Chase, Higgins, Boyd, Trent Irwin. They picked up off the scrap heap, and he's caught some touchdowns. They're fine. Um, Buffalo's got Diggs, Gabe Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, Khalil Shakir. Uh, they have free agents of Crowder and Beasley, but they don't need those guys anyway. Tampa Bay's got Godwin, Evans, Gage. They lose Julio and Perriman, so maybe back end depth, but all the way in the back end. Arizona's got Hopkins, uh, Marquise, Rondell Moore. They're fine. The Chargers have got Keen Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer. They're good. Uh, Washington has Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, uh, Dallas, Philly, Jacksonville, the Rams, Minnesota. I, I, th Those are teams that you're not looking for them to draft a wide receiver. Does it mean they won't? No, but I just don't see a need immediately for those teams. They have their top three pass catchers. You want to take someone who's development, someone's a special teamer, completely understand that. But in terms of pass catching wide receivers, they are good. Um, going over to the tight ends in terms of what teams need. I did the same thing. Needs a lot. Uh, we've got a decent amount of teams here. Cincinnati, the only tight end left on the roster is Devin SCSE. They Hurst and sample are gone. So, they're going to have to sign Hurst back or something. They got to have a tight end. That would be a good mayor spot, wouldn't it? Oh, that'd be amazing mayor spot. Yeah, better on a Washington spot because they need the extra lineman because their yeah, lines suck. They do. That's true. They do need that. Yeah. Any any wider, any wider tight end that goes there because of all the focus that goes on Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon, like the tight end is what, your fifth option? Yeah. They're going to be a good uh, end zone option. That's for, for sure. Uh, yeah, for, put Darnell sure. Washington there. I'd love that. Uh, Dallas, uh, Dalton Schultz is a free agent, so you have Ferguson and Hendershot. I don't know if you like those guys enough to make them. I think them they like a, Jake Ferguson. One. I think Dallas likes Jake Ferguson. They like Hendershot, too. They played him a bunch. I think they like those guys. I don't, I don't think they're taking one like early. I think they would take one more in the middle rounds. It's just so weird because I didn't think they would take Lamb where they took him. Yeah, so they will, they're a team that... They're going to take the best player on their board uh, for sure. Then Miami, uh, Durham Smith, uh, Hunter Long, Gasicki's a free agent. Jacksonville, Ingram, Arnold, and Manhurts are all free agents. So Luke Farrell's the only guy left on the roster. Detroit traded Hawkinson. They have James Mitchell, who they like, but Wright and Zilstra have been getting more of the playing time. Both UFAs and your Packers, Tanya and, and uh, Mercedes Lewis, uh, both free agents. So DeGuerra and Tyler Davis is restricted. They got to get something. Mayor would be a great. Now, uh, is that what you're hoping for? Mayor falls to to the pack. So we'll call this as a male. And I saw a guy, Chad, who's also a Packers fan, talked about, you know, a lot of mocks right now to have Michael Mayer going to the pack and he doesn't get it. I get it. I do. Because mm -hmm. of Christian Watson is, he is the deep threat, right? That is what they have. They have the deep threat. Do you get the underneath option? Yeah, I, I would be fine with Michael Mayer being drafted to the Packers. I think that, and for fantasy, that would be gold. That would be awesome. Yeah, uh, I think that would be a good spot for him too. Um, doesn't need, or, or I have um, uh, depth. Chicago, after Komet, they just have no one on the roster. Um, Denver, I like Dolkich and Albert O. I don't know if whoever the new staff is is going to like Albert O. But he got in the doghouse with Hackett real quick, but we saw him catch passes last week. 
So he's a maybe. Um, Carolina, Tremble and Ian Thomas. I just think there's so many other needs for Carolina. They're going to put it on the back end and stick with those guys. Um, for the Raiders, I just don't know how much you can depend on Waller and Jasper Horstead is the only other guy on the roster because Moreau's a free agent. So uh, we'll see. Uh, for the Rams, it's Higby and Hopkins. I don't know if that's enough. I like Pat Fryermuth uh, in Pittsburgh, but Gentry is an unrestricted free agent. I don't trust Connor Hayward playing on the line uh, that much, so they need something in Pittsburgh. Tennessee has a Conquo, but then Hooper and Swamer, unrestricted free agents. Uh, Minnesota has Hawkinson, but after that, you go down to Johnny Munt because Irv Smith is an unrestricted free agent as well. Uh, and then other teams that don't need much, San Francisco's got Kittle and Warner, uh, Quint Morris and Dawson Knox for Buffalo, maybe a blocking tight end there. Uh, Cleveland and Joku, Harrison Bryant's good. Tampa Bay, uh, Otten, Brake, Keeft are there. Arizona's got Ertz and McBride. Uh, the Chargers, Everett. Casey, Indy, Washington, Philly, Atlanta, the Jets, the Patriots, the Ravens, the Saints, the Seahawks, and Houston. I all have as teams that don't need a tight end. Once again, doesn't mean they won't draft one, but teams that just don't really need a tight end. So I see that you have Taysom Hill just listed as tight end now. We're just going tight end here. Well, I mean, what does he do? <laughs> he gets paid way too much money to do very little, you know? So. Uh, he's getting, he's a tight end that gets quarterback money. Isn't his cap hit just it's absurd? Dead. It's insane. It, that's what their saints are. The one that when you talk about, you know, the cap the is cap fake. Watch yeah. the saints, the way they manipulate the cap. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to look it up. Uh, take a crack at what his, um, oh. what his cap, cap hit is. If they cut him, God, no 30 million. Uh, it's a 23. lot. 23.775. So his, his cap number is officially 13.9, but dead money, 23 million. I knew it was Because he, he signed through 2025. Uh, this year's base is 9.9 .9 and then 10 the next two years. And then his deal is void at 2026. So, uh, yeah. Um, I like Jawan I mean, I Johnson for them. I thought he's been awesome this year. Jawan Johnson has been great. Like, I, you know, people were saying draft Taysom Hill. I was still kind of a Troutman guy, but I was like, I give. I can't recommend <laughs> Troutman to people. Uh, if he if he comes back, I'm taking a victory lap, but I'm not recommending him at all. And Jawan Johnson's been their guy, um, and I got to watch a lot of it firsthand against Pittsburgh. He was the only guy catching passes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, great option for them. But that wraps up wide receivers, tight ends. We said defense next week. Did I skip O-line on that thing? We skipped O-line. So, okay. We'll, we'll talk about we'll, it later. Yeah, we'll do O-line at some point, but we'll okay. go to the defensive side because there are some stars on the defensive side as there is every single year and gets me, you know, to stretch my IDP legs a little bit. That's right. So, uh, but that is going to wrap it up for us. Uh, CK, tell everyone where they can find you and what you're doing. You can check out the daily five where I do five fantasy sports stories, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for baseball, basketball, and football it takes me about 25 minutes. I try to keep it pretty short and you can check out the baseball podcast although that's on recess for a little bit here as it's the off season although you're cranking up the itl one but i'm we took <laughs> an off season for ours yeah uh for for me at bogman sports on the twitter machine obviously doing like ck said two uh baseballs a week football is weird we delayed it so uh it'll probably be out the day before this comes out probably on thursday um, just a lot of weirdness, obviously with that Monday night football game. Uh, but that will sure. be going on hiatus a little bit on the ITL side, but I will have the dynasty pod coming back over at fantasy pros with, 
uh, Pat Fitzmorris uh, somewhat soon, I believe next week, but I can't guarantee that. So uh, we'll see about that. And then, of course, here and just follow me on Twitter and I'll tweet out all the stuff I do. You guys know where to find me, but that is going to wrap it up for us today. Appreciate you guys and we will see you next week. Take it easy, everybody. Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.